Good morning. Welcome to Roto Grinders NBA Morning Grind. I'm Justin Carlucci here with Beer Makers fan Chris Prince. How are you, buddy? I'm doing well. I mean, NBA playoffs are underway. How how can we not be doing well? So, uh, an interesting day of games today. I know we're going to recap a little bit here what happened and uh, look forward to today's games. But uh, I'm good, my man. How about yourself? I'm good. I'm good. You know, the the World Fantasy Basketball Championship on DK didn't exactly work out as I planned. I kind of swapped off a Utah-Denver game stack on day one. I just got cold feet, man. You know, yeah. I had a hardened fade, and you know what happens. It, with, with games spread out for two days, I kind of went away from, from the dice I was willing to roll and uh, come up with a hardened team. And Harden didn't exactly have that, you know, 75 ceiling game everybody was kind of waiting on. But, yeah, crazy couple of days. And we, we saw Luca on, um, on Monday, and we're going to see him again on Wednesday, and he's one of the four games here. Trailblazers, Lakers still going on here in real time as we're recording, and it looks like LeBron is back to LeBron in that game, buddy, by the way. You know, almost a triple-double at half. So. But, yeah, big story. one of the big stories of today is Magic taking it to Milwaukee. What do you make of that? Well, I'm a Bucks fan, so not the, not the ideal way uh, we wanted to start the playoffs there. So I, I think the problem was that they, they, it seems like they overlooked Orlando a little bit, and we know Orlando – one of them pesky teams can play some defense and uh, put some points on the board today. You know, I didn't, I didn't see Orlando scoring uh, over 120 points, but that's what they came in and did. They, they punched Milwaukee in the face, and uh, the Bucks were not able to respond. So we'll see. If, if this is the wake-up call they needed, uh, things didn't look great uh, kind of those last few games going into the playoffs. So uh, that one uh, I, I would love to say was a shocker. I mean, I thought the Bucks would win. I didn't think they'd blow them out like a lot of people thought, like the spread indicated, but certainly did not see Orlando kind of kind of coming in and dominating this one. Yeah, and it could be a thing of overlooking Orlando. The Magic were kind of playing below average ball going into the postseason, missing some pieces like Aaron Gordon. You know, maybe you weren't sure if Fournier were gonna play and your team like Milwaukee who's kind of been rolling throughout the year. Yeah, it could be it could be a, a one game thing, like a little punch in the face and uh, I, th- I think the Bucks bounce back, but we'll, we'll see here. But, hey, kudos to the Magic for coming out. DJ Augustine, Markel Foles, both play pretty good. Nikola Vucevic, one of the most underappreciated big men in basketball, getting it done. And uh, that was uh, a, a good win for the Magic, and we'll see what happens in a couple of days. Uh, Heat Pacers, Victor Oladipo got hit in the face, didn't return. Indy hung in there, played tough. TJ Warren had a big game. Jimmy Butler had arguably a bigger game, and Goran Dragic did his thing. And, and Miami took care of the shorthanded Pacers, who were already without Jeremy Lamb and Sabonis. Yeah, I mean, it's going to open up some opportunities here without Oladipo. We saw Warren do his thing again. Brogdon step up. Uh, I think Aaron Holiday, the, the guy that they're going to need more minutes from, uh, really thought he'd play more, only 16 minutes uh, yesterday. So that, that was kind of a stunner. But uh, the Miami side kind of, you know, what it's been all season. You, you got Butler, you got Bam getting it done. Dragic has, has really stepped up. You know, and this is a guy that just continues – to outproduce that salary. We talked about it uh, yesterday with Will that that salary's been too low on him. So I'm interested to see if he gets a price hike here just playing big minutes. You know, we, we don't see Kendrick Nunn getting any minutes today. It was all Goran Dragic. So it uh, looks like a big three there for Miami. Our boy Crowder continues to disappoint us. So oh not God. sure we can go back to that well. Uh, and Tyler Hero kind of getting there. You know, cash games, okay, he's getting me to that 5X, but uh, tough to get a ceiling game out of him with Butler, Bam, and Goran Dragic uh, really dominating the offense there. Yeah, they played through Bam a lot, and they will continue to do so with, against Miles Turner. 
Turner's one of those guys who on paper, everybody says, ah, great defender. Blocks aren't two shots a game, but it's all help defense and stuff. He can't defend anything, and they know it. And Bam looked incredible. Bam looked good. Butler was confident. Hit some big threes in the fourth quarter, and that's not even his game. Jimmy Butler, that is. And yet Tyler Hero played some good crunch time minutes for a 20-year-old kid. Right. Uh, he's been having a really nice second half since the restart. So that, that's going to be a gritty series. I know we say Jay Crowder, gritty grind guys. Some guys were kind of jabbing us on Twitter about that. But that's going to be a drag-it-out series. Hopefully Oladipo like, comes back and is okay because I, I kind of want to see both teams at full strength there. The last game on, on Tuesday's card was uh, the Rockets and the Thunder. Harden didn't get that ceiling game everybody wanted, including myself. But were you a little surprised that that OKC kind of got punched in the mouth in the beginning and never really got back into it? No, I mean, not really. I mean, Houston's a team that can get hot, hit some shots, put some points on the board, and really put a team behind the eight ball. So expected a closer game, no doubt. Uh, You know, the final score, probably not as close as this game was uh, all the way throughout. But, you know, it it was a good game for Chris Paul. Gallinari was a guy we talked about yesterday that played well, but – they're going to need more from, from Shea Gilgis-Alexander. I mean, you can't score under 10 points and expect to do anything. Dennis Schroeder, a guy that played big minutes, didn't do anything. So the supporting cast really let them down here. Chris Paul was lights out, almost triple-doubled in this game. But you got to get more from some of these other guys if you're going to compete with Houston. Houston side of things, their guys stepped up. I mean, we got a big game from Eric Gordon. Jeff Green comes out and puts on a vintage performance here a pj tucker big number so even without you know covington playing well daniel house didn't play very well they still got the job done and and harden when he puts up 37 11 and 3 it's a ho-hum game shows you how damn good james harden is he took the words out of my mouth we're saying he hasn't hit that 75 ceiling game but he this is one of his more efficient performances he shot over 50 percent from the floor isn't always the case with him you know, 11 rebounds, was active on the glass, and scored damn near 40 points. So, James Harden got it done. It's You know, you just can't go in and build your lineups expecting 80 from him every game. Because he could have a very good game and get, like, 60, and that's fine. You know, if he's under 12K, that's fine. But, yeah, that team is just full of guys who can really step up when someone else isn't feeling it. You know, Covington, one for six from the floor. He was in foul trouble. Wasn't really having a good game. Eric Gordon played 30 minutes, folks. 30 minutes. 21 points, so much for easing him back into things. Looks like he's ramped back up and feeling good. Keep on his on his price tag throughout the week. And, you know, guy, Ben McLemore stepping up. You know, Austin Rivers was not very good. A lot of people were like, oh, Austin Rivers, all of his value. He had like 50 points like three games ago. Listen, he can't chase 50-point career games. But no. it just goes to show you that, hey, it might not have been Austin Rivers today, but so many guys on that team who can contribute around Harden. Harden attracts so much attention. Whoever's open and hitting their shots, there's a lot of good GPP candidates on that Rocket team here. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, and again, we hit on some of those yesterday. We, we you know, Will was big on and Eric Gordon. Love that call. I'm, I'm always a sucker for Robert Covington, a guy that can do so many things out there. So there's definitely value. Guys stepping up. We knew Jeff Green would play more minutes. Uh, so we saw that come to fruition. So keep an eye on the prices. You know, some, some the sites, we know. Sometimes they're, they're quick to adjust and they do it right. And sometimes – they're asleep at the wheel and you're still going to have this value coming back to us the following day. So every other day we're, we're going to get the same slate of games. So it's going to be interesting on deciding, am I going to chase this game? Do I believe in this? Uh, am I going to fade a big game like Donovan Mitchell? You know, there, there's a lot of different ways you have to look at these slates. If they're going to be the same every other day, people are going to chase these big games. So just something to keep in mind, looking at that ownership, 
Do you believe in it or not? I really love to look at the minutes, the usage, some of the some of the more beyond the the the, the headline stats. You know, people are looking at points and rebounds, which of course that that's the fantasy points we're looking for. But what are the plus minuses? What what are some of the deeper stats that we get with some of these guys? I think that's where your edge is going to be here on these slates. Yeah, and I got a really good example. We'll talk to that later in this Wednesday slate. But we'll start chronologically here. Brooklyn, Toronto, getting a marquee 130 game again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure Toronto guys are real, real, real happy to have another 130 game. One of the best teams in the league getting another 130 game. So here we are. Toronto kind of opened the floodgates early, earlier this week. And Brooklyn clawed back this pesky Brooklyn team with Karis LeVert and company beer. What were kind of your takeaways from game one? And what are you looking at Wednesday? So Brooklyn, what really stood out is they really – five guys played the majority of the minutes. You know, they, they didn't play very deep in that game. So, you know, you basically have the, the five guys that we're going to talk about are guys that I have some interest in and at all different price points. And we know it starts with Karis LeVert with, with this team. He just has to do so many things. And Toronto, a very good defensive team, kind of showed in, in his shooting performance – so he goes out and gets 15 assists in that game to, to, to kind of make up for it. So this is a guy that can score 30 points. If he's going to be handling the ball that much, now you got 10, 15 assists upside. We're talking 60, 70-point upside. Even in a difficult matchup, the usage is just monstrous with this guy. So love Lavert here. Joe Harris, a, a guy that just continues to smash these salaries. Again, not the sexiest name. We've brought him up before. It's not a guy you get overly excited to play, but – at 5K, if he's going to keep putting up 30, that's an easy 6X. You plug in your lineups and you move on to a different spot. So those are really the two that stand out for me. Uh, TLC has been great coming off the bench, putting big minutes on the board as well. But, you know, all these guys playing huge minutes, they all took 10 or more shots here. So things are very spread out. Uh, obviously, Jared Allen draws a tough matchup with that Toronto interior. So not as much interest there. But I think TLC – Joe Harris, and mainly Karis LeVert, all guys I'm going to have interest here on today's slate. People still have this perception that Joe Harris is just a catch-and-shoot three-point specialist. This guy's game has really evolved since he's come in the league, and he's only he's getting better every game. He's gotten better since the restart. Joe Harris is the real deal, and uh, Brooklyn front office were very public in saying, hey, this is going to be our priority in re-signing him. You get Durant, you get Kyrie, and yet Joe Harris is one of the best catch-and-shoot guys in the league, but he is kind of a Swiss Army knife because he can put it on the floor. So he is kind of an ideal role player for this Brooklyn team. If they're really going to build this thing around Kyrie and then uh, Kevin Durant and, geez, you add Joe Harrison, you lock Joe Harris up, you have Karis LeVert. I mean, we have like a big three and a half there. And then you have, you have Jared Allen. So uh, this Brooklyn team, just looking forward, is going to be – Don't forget Dinwiddie as well, who, who was balling out when, when some of these wow. guys were out. So. And, yeah, and you know what? I don't know where he's going to fit in with that top unit because there's one basketball. We'll talk about a go-to six-man to come off the bench for that team. Oh, man, look out. Brooklyn's going to be a handful of beer. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see how this works. Now, we know Kyrie Irving could be the problem here. He, he's the guy that uh, a lot of people have said, you're not the best team guy. We'll see. The one basketball thing I think could be a problem here, but think about that second unit. And when Karis LeVert's your third guy, a guy that can score 20, 20 a game in this league. I mean, future's bright for, for Brooklyn. We haven't been able to say that very much, but uh, I'm excited to see how it plays out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm with you on there. But, yeah, like LeVert, you know, 15 dimes. we never seen an output like that, so he found a way to get it done. TLC, every time I'm like, well, the guy's so score independent, he still shoots 9 for 13, or he still shoots 60%, or he grabs seven boards like he did 
large field GPP, cheap buy-in, yeah, take a flyer. But, man, there are some good targets in this game. I think you know, Brooklyn's like, well, how long? You know, people are saying, Brooklyn, how long can this team scrap or keep it close? John Bond just hasn't playing good ball right now. I, you know, they, they could have rolled over and died in that game, and they didn't, and they didn't. But look at the flip side of things. Fred Van Fleet was unconscious, too. So he was, a, he was a – and we love Fred Van Fleet on this podcast. He was a big reason why that lead was so big. I mean, he shot 11 for 15. He's probably not going to do that again. He is a very good play at his price. But, man, this game could be close, I think, on Wednesday. Yeah, the price has kind of come up on him. You know, when, when he was 7K, below 7K the other day, it really stood out as a guy that's underpriced. And the sites did a good job getting him to where he should be priced. So that's my issue here. And if he does what he did the other day, he blows his salary out of the water. But he was unconscious from three. Is, is he going to do that again here? Uh, it's certainly possible. But I don't know that I, I, I'm overly excited to go back to that one. And it's kind of the theme for me with all these Toronto guys is how much of a ceiling are we going to get here? Right. You know, you look, you look at Kyle Lowry, he's priced where he should be. Kyle Lowry's that guy that, yeah, he's going to get me 40. Okay. At 8k, that's the five X. That's not going to help me win a tournament cash games. Yes. He gives you that nice floor. Mm-hmm. Didn't shoot well in that, in that first game. So you have that going for you and maybe there's some upside there. I still feel like Pascal Siakam. There's a ceiling that that's just not been unlocked here almost the entire time in the bubble. And he was off to a fantastic start the other day. And then things just kind of slowed down. You know, they, they were on a roll, didn't really need him to do much. So out of those two guys, I think Siakam's the guy I would rather go with than Kyle Lowry on the slate. Brad Van Vliet, like I mentioned, the, the price is kind of where it should be. Don't love him. Don't hate him. I'm not saying fade that. Uh, he's always a guy that, that can pop off of the game like this. And the other guy, Serge Ibaka, you know, really seen the ceiling here. In the last two games, that Brooklyn just doesn't have the big bodies to deal with these guys, and you know he's clearly ahead of Marcus Saul in, in this pecking order here. So, yeah. not a lot of value on this Toronto team, not a lot of cheap guys. You know the Norman Powell's guys like that really need an injury to to kind of make them viable uh, in this kind of format in the playoffs. So Siakam intriguing, Fred Van Vliet is all right, and I think Serge Ibaka decent. You know, second to last, last piece in your lineup. You need that mid-range guy. He fits. I don't hate that play. Well, you made a lot of good points. And when everybody's healthy here, there's only one basketball to go around. Kind of like how I said, we're going to be ripping our hair out, figuring out Brooklyn next year probably. But Siakam, I don't know what the numbers are, like fantasy points per quarter, but he probably damn near leaves the league in like first quarter fantasy points for it. And he always seems to kind of just fizzle out kind of thing. You're right, the ceiling's there, but he hasn't hit it. I'd like to see him demand the ball more as the game goes on. But I guess you have like Fred Van Fleet shooting 90% or whatever. You know, it is what it is. Let him, let him keep chucking. But, you know, I took the bait on Gasol the other day. He was below 4K on the two-day slate. You know, the co- you know, Nick Nurse was saying very positive things about him, wanting him to be aggressive. You know, implying, giving reasons that he'll maybe play more than these 20 minutes. You know, we think, you know, guys like Iguodala, it didn't really happen. They're these veterans that they're just baby throughout the season and they should get more run in the postseason. Didn't happen with Marcus Gasol. And I'm scratching my head because he played very efficiently. You know, 13-5-1, four for eight from the floor in 20 minutes. That's a good game. That, that That's a good game. But Abaka, maybe Nurse just prefers him in the matchup. I don't know. Abaka came off the bench. Played five more minutes, had a great game. We know Serge Ibaka is uh, kind of a point-per-minute, fantasy-wise, is a monster. Uh, the pick-and-roll game, he, he is, that's his bread and butter, and Brooklyn can't defend it like you said. So I do like Ibaka, 5,700 on DK. I, like you said, last guy in, second last guy in, don't know what to do at center. I like Ibaka there. So there's definitely a lot of fantasy interest in this game as a whole. 
Yeah, for sure. And uh, this, you know, we saw a ton of points in this game and, and we hope Brooklyn can keep this one close and, you know, maybe these guys stay viable, but with Brooklyn playing so thin, not going very deep on their bench, those are exactly the kind of guys and teams that we're looking for uh, in DFS. So again, not, not the great names, you know, the TLCs, the Joe Harris's of the world, but uh, these are glue guys that are going to exceed these salaries every single day until these sites price them up uh, to a level where like, whoa, I'm not paying 6500 for Joe Harris, but until it gets to that point, I'll gladly play 5K for a guy that's going to put up 30. Hey, it's not always about the name. And I know sometimes you're like, wow, am I really going to invest, you know, my $100 entry and play in like uh, uh, a Cabarro or whatever? Well, sometimes you just got to put the name aside. I took down one of the alley-oops on DK in December, and I had Eric Paschal on my team. I'm like, am I going to play Eric Paschal in the alley-oop? Things seem to check out, and it worked out. So kind of put the names aside, scribble them in, you know, trust your numbers and your research and move on. But, yeah, pretty big game at 130. It's not prime time, but a lot of implications in DFS. Let's move on here. Utah-Denver, I mean, damn, beer. I, where, where do we start here? Crazy game, and these teams played each other tough last weekend at the end of the regular season, and not much separates these two, Chris. Yeah, they're close. And we knew this series would, would kind of be like this, a, a battle, a back and forth. You know, Utah really blew an opportunity here uh, to steal game one, and, and Denver just took it to them uh, in the overtime. But we got to talk Donovan Mitchell here. I mean, an absolutely epic performance, almost triple doubles, 57 points in a playoff game, third most in NBA history. I mean, we're, we're talking about one of the best performances we've ever seen uh, in the playoffs here. Now we get him back here. We get him at a price point that is not high enough coming off that game. People are not going to like this, and you you take it for what you will, but I'm a fade Donovan Mitchell here today. So you you want a hot take. I don't know that I want to chase 57 points here for Mitchell. You know, even even at these prices, I think the ownership is going to be absolutely through the roof coming off that huge game. Everybody's talking about him, and I know he's played well against this team. It's a good matchup. They need him without Conley. I understand all of those points, but this is normally a guy that doesn't give us such a massive ceiling here. So I don't want to chase that here again. If I lose without Donovan Mitchell again here on this slate, I'm okay with it because when you run the numbers, he's a 1.1 fantasy point per minute guy without Conley and Bogdanovich. So let we give him 40 minutes, that's 44 fantasy points, and he gets you there. Is that enough? Does that win you a tournament? Does that come anywhere close to the, the 76 FanDuel points he had the other day? I, I'm, I'm going to be fading him here and, and crossing my fingers. We're <laughs> open for the best on that. I don't feel great about it, but uh, that's the stance I'm going to take right now with Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, and he was unconscious. I mean, everything that was going up was going in, and I know we really uh, can't expect 50 real points every day from Mitchell. I definitely got to keep an eye on ownerships, but uh, you know, even if he scores 30 less real points in that game, he still goes for 51 DKP. So I got to think about Donovan Mitchell. I'm not sure. Uh, I did a bunch of homework on him, and without Rubio, who's the ball handler last year, without Conley, and without Bogdanovich, uh, you know, just, just kind of helps. I know he's a 1.1 DKP per minute kind of guy. I was a little skeptical about that uh, for sure. Um, his assist rate really goes up without them, which I do like. It's a guy who has played 14 postseason games, I believe. I think he averages 22 and a half shots per game. Um, and there were plenty of games without Conley or Rubio as the primary ball handler that he shot like 25 times a game. And then I kind of weeded that through and saw, well, what does he do when he shoots 25 times a game? And he was pretty consistent. 
I'm curious to see ownership projections. By the way, check out Roto Grinders Premium Tools. They have that. We have that for you. Uh, every day is such a great tool to have, a great resource, and that can totally sway you one direction or another. Where you're fading the chalk, you're playing some GPP. Check it out, Roto Grinders Premium Tool Ownership Projections. Um, but yeah, we. I don't know. Will we see some sticker shock there at 9.2? I don't know. We'll see. I will tell you one guy. I will probably go back to is Joe Ingles. Oh yeah, really looked good the last 10 days or so. Um, he's a guy who I, I kind of watched some games without Conley the past two months or so, whatever it was, and before COVID, he kind of handled the ball like every third possession coming up the court. So uh, his assist numbers are up. It kind of cross-references when Conley missed, and that's a big part of his production because he's not a guy that's going to go out there and score 25 real points. If he scored 25 real points, Jazz will probably win by 30. But you know, if, he gets, if he's diamond, if he scores 15 to 20 you know, points maybe, and now, a couple rebounds. Uh, Joe Ingles is, what, mid-five price on DK. I do like Ingles tomorrow. And another guy who broke a lot of hearts, especially in the DK World Championship, probably my only good fade, was Royce O'Neal. Uh, he, he was in foul trouble. He was kind of off all game. He, he did not shoot the ball well. I will go back to Royce O'Neal at, I think, 3,600 on DK. What's your take on him, Chris? Yeah, I mean, he's, he's cheap enough to take a shot. I mean, not a huge usage guy, but – Right. If you're going to play 32 minutes, you know, I got a spot for you. And, and six shots, you know, not a guy that's going to go out there and shoot the ball a ton, but normally fills up all the categories and, you know, really didn't do much outside of the seven rebounds. So uh, I don't hate that call. I, I love the Ingles call. You know, when, when, we, when Conley's out, we know Donovan Mitchell. We, we know that's the headliner. But uh, with Ingles handling the ball so much, you just see the assists all the time when Conley's up. This guy's six, seven, eight assists every single time. So uh, he's going to play big minutes. He can give them some offense. He can be an, another ball handler to help fill that role. Uh, I think he's a phenomenal play here. So Ingles, Joe Harris, some good value uh, so far at the small forward position uh, in that mid-range. I'm also going to throw in Jordan Clarkson, uh, who's oh. going to have to provide offense for this team. Uh, under 5K in DraftKings, just a tick over 5K on Fandle. And, it's a wild ride with Jordan Clarkson. You, you know, you never feel great about it. it it's not a great floor play, but ceiling-wise, we know he can unlock that ceiling at any time. So risky for sure, but uh, big-time usage without Conley and Bogdanovich, over 27%, just a tick under a fantasy point per minute. At those prices, I, I think there's definitely value with Jordan Clarkson. You know, some listeners will probably be thinking, well, they're just naming everybody on this slate. There's some guys in this game who are still attractive price-wise, and you look at you look at teams like the Clippers and and Dallas. They're priced accordingly already, right? So they're still a, not asleep at the wheel totally, but maybe you know can't find the merge lane getting off the highway in terms of the Jazz and the Denver pricing here. So uh, there's still some reason to kind of go back to these guys. Pretty much, sixty percent of the guys in this game are in play. They are for one reason or another. You can make a case to play a lot of these guys. In this Denver Utah game, it's just hey, the way I, it is. I said fade Donovan Mitchell, so we're not, we're not talking okay. about playing everybody. I, there we go. I like I like Ingles and I like Clarkson, <laughs> and that's pretty much it for me on the Utah side of things. And, and again, uh, you want to go back to Mitchell? That's fine. This is not me just just throwing out a hot take. The numbers just tell me he's not going to do that again. And if he's right. going to be heavily owned, I don't want to be a part of that again. Now, if the ownership is a reasonable number. Okay, maybe I go back to him more so on Fanduel, or he's still a little bit too cheap. But Ooh, what is uh, as on Fanduel? Yeah, right. That, that, well, that's kind of been the theme of our show here, buddy. You know that. But uh, so I, I'm I'm fading Donovan Mitchell as of now. Now things can change. If it changes, I will go on social media and say I am playing Donovan Mitchell. But as of now, <laughs> early lineup builds, 
I am fine fading Donovan Mitchell because we still have the best play on the slate at the shooting guard position we haven't even talked about yet. There's value at this position. I just think there's better ways to go. I know who you're hinting at, and we'll get to him. Uh, we do have to talk about some nuggets. We do have to talk about the Jamal Murray show. Yes. But I just want to remind everyone that Mike Malone might be a headache to deal with minutes in the regular season. But now, across 15 postseason games, Nikola Jokic plays 39.9 minutes per game in the postseason. He averages 29, 10. Hold on, I'm sorry. 29. Oh, my God, there's so many good numbers here. I'm, like, dyslexic. 25, 12, and 8. I'm sorry. He averages 25, 12, and 8. So, I'm just saying, I don't know what it is on FanDuel because I know center offers a lot of leverage positions and it's hard to lock some guy in. I'm just talking on DraftKings. Maybe the highest floor on the the slate is Nikola Jokic and his 25, 12, and 8 average. Eight assists as a big man in 39 minutes across 15 playoff games. Jeez, you know, I, I, I penciled him in in the live final. I got 53 from him, and I was behind the eight ball. I'd never been so disgusted that I had 53 from someone in my lineup <laughs> as Mitchell went off and, you know, Jamal Murray. So, listen, Jokic is a fine play any form at any site. I'll throw it over to you. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. FanDuel center's ugly. I mean, you basically have Jokic and Bede. Uh, if you like Rudy Gobert, it's not a guy I play a ton. Uh, Jared Allen, we've already talked about. I, I don't love the matchup here. He, he played all right the other day. Then you're in, the, then you're in the, the ugly territory. So I have no problems locking Jokic in. And even if the ownership's there, we can get creative in other spots. You're not going to be able to avoid ownership at every single spot on a four-game slate. You know, when, you, when it's eight, nine games, you can kind of hide some guys. You can kind of get away some, from some ownership. But Jokic has absolutely dominated Rudy Gobert. I mean, th- this guy's averaging – 62 DraftKings points a game against this team this season. That's a four-game sample, 29 points, 11.5 rebounds, 7.5 assists a game. We saw it in game one. You know, you wanted more, I know, but it was still a very solid game here. So oh, yeah. no, no issues locking this guy in. DraftKings, you have some, some flexibility with, with some of the other spots you can utilize. FanDuel, I'm locking him in and building around him. I, I really like this matchup. People still kind of shy away from Utah. I know that first game will will, will keep the ownership up on him, but I don't mind. I, I'm locking Jokic in. You, you bring Rudy Gobert, you know, 16, 18 feet away from the basket, and uh, he's an elite defender, but they, he's a little uncomfortable out there. And, and that's what Jokic does. That's what he does to those anchored centers. And, and Gobert has not found a way to kind of minimize Jokic's production, whether it's you know, his you – know, elite passing with, with the cutting Michael Porters of the world now or, or his little mid-range or three-point jumpers. Jokic had like 17 DKP in the first quarter, and then he was kind of super passive because, you know what, Jamal Murray was on fire as well later in that game, so rightfully so. So Jamal Murray is not unconscious again. I think they might even lean on Jokic a little more down the stretch. What are your thoughts on Jamal Murray? He's 7-2 on DK, and on FanDuel, Jamal Murray is priced at 75 another spot I think we go back to him and less ownership here is ridiculous I mean this is another guy that has really thrived in this matchup against Utah so we saw 41 shots between Jamal Murray and Jokic you know they're they're going to dominate the offense I think Michael Porter Jr. is a phenomenal guy to go back to here you know I I don't want to skip over Jamal Murray I think he's a great play no doubt but the guy I really want to talk about is Porter Jr. who had a subpar game, no doubt, but the minutes were there. 
We've already seen this guy put up massive ceiling games, and the ownership should be down. You know, he burned people. The production just wasn't there. People have that, that short memory with guys like this, and they're going to be going back to, to Murray, Jokic, and that's fine. But let's not forget about these guys. They're not going to have a down game every single time. You know, I, I think he bounces back here uh, in a big way. So I like him. Jeremy Grant played great. You know, 40 minutes from Jeremy Grant, uh, an easy 6X return for him. And Monte Morris, another guy that, that I think you got to look at, played almost 30 minutes, and he's under 3K or under 4K on both sites tomorrow. So uh, there's a lot of, lot of plays here outside of the obvious ones in Jokic uh, and Murray. Really like Porter, really like Jeremy Grant, and even Monte Morris for some value here. Mike Malone will run Jeremy Grant into the ground. He will, until the gas tank's on E. I know there's been two overtimes games now, but over the three games against Utah, Grant's averaging 40 minutes and 28 DKP per game. So another not sexy name in the lineup, but a guy who at the right price tag can get you what you need. So another game where people are like, well, I don't know, like Utah, Denver. Well, you only have four games on this slate, so you got to have some Brooklyn-Toronto exposure most likely, and you got to have somebody from this game. Probably more than one person. There's a lot of different directions to go. Four o'clock, Utah takes on Denver. Two more games left on this card, Philly and Boston. Big injury news here is Gordon Hayward beer. So what's that do for you? I, I mean, you, you start to look at – I mean, Jason Tatum, let's get him out of the way. I, I think he's a guy that's underpriced. I mean, to me, Jason Tatum's a 10K player, and you saw that in game one. Was very dominant, did whatever he wanted in that game. Only 9,000 on DraftKings, under 9,000 on FanDuel. So that's a guy I want to make a, a priority in my lineups here again, e- even where the ownership's going to be on him. No issues uh, eating the chalk with Jason Tatum once again. But the guys that helps, Kemba Walker, you know, a, a guy that I went to the other day was not great, uh, kind of got there towards the end. But uh, I don't mind going back to him here, 28% usage with Hayward off the floor. So that's a guy that's going to have to do more offensively. Jalen Brown obviously gets a bump. And Marcus Smart, you know, kind of in that, Michael Porter Jr. type role, you know, where he disappointed everybody, played a ton of minutes, didn't really do a lot. I, I think he can bounce back here and probably under 5% ownership here on Marcus Smart, who we know can stuff the stat sheet. He doesn't have to be a scorer, but now you take Hayward out, they need him to score a little bit more. So this is actually a team I, I think there's multiple pieces I'm very excited about here. I'm with you. I'm with you. And I think it's going to be about, I think a lot of part of this slate is going to be like putting in the right Boston pieces. Marcus Smart, a guy who doesn't need to get to 15 real points to hit six times value at 5,600. He does it all. Maybe he has like seven boards and six times. And, you know, he's a garbage stack guy. You know, three steals and a block wouldn't shock the world if this kind of stuff you ended up with. Philly has an issue with defending wings, you know, whether it's the two or the three or the four. They're not bad against point guards and centers, but something about their scheme and, and who they got out there and it's been an issue for multiple seasons is, is kind of screaming Jalen Brown. And he, we saw what he did, you know. Tatum gets like a 4% usage bump without Hayward. So these guys are all in play. Marcus Smart, your contrarian play here. I'm with you for GPPs on Marcus Smart. at 5,600 on DK. Another, another game where you can go a lot of different directions. And on the flip side of the ball, I mean, Joel Embiid. Fandle's just kind of saying screw it, and they're just going to price Jokic and Embiid the same every slate yep. and let everybody <laughs> pick their poison here. So is Embiid going to be the kind of the, the leverage play between the two, do you think, on Fandle? Yeah, that's one I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep an eye on the ownership. I, I prefer Jokic, but if we get a situation where Jokic is going to be 60% and Embiid's going to be, you know, 20%, uh, then I'm, I might change my tune here. But uh, we saw Embiid put up numbers, uh, you know, and, and Will broke it down great the other day that 
he's just not a good fit for this series. You know, Philly is almost better uh, without him against Boston. It's crazy to say, but uh, he'll, he'll continue to get his numbers, I think, to the detriment of this Philly team here against Boston. But, uh, again, th- this is going to be an ownership thing for me. I, I think you're going to continue to see the field split on these guys. It's not like he had a subpar game. Uh, he put up pretty big numbers as well. So my hope is people go to Embiid and Jokic ends up being the lower owned of these two. But that's where you have to have the, these tools in, in your toolbox. And uh, what a better place than, than Roto-Grinders. Check out Lineup HQ, projections, ownership projections, just so important right now. If you're playing without them, you're going in blind. You, you, you honestly are without that information in a tournament. So uh, interested in Embiid, but uh, I'm hoping Jokic is, is the lesser owned. And that, that's a hope. I know it's not going to happen. I'm trying to hope that into fruition here, Justin. Go over to DraftKings, download the DK app, type in promo code GRIND, G-R-I-N-D. The season is winding down, but there's still a ton of loaded prize pools over there on DraftKings. We're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars, up to millions of dollars on some nights, up for grabs on DraftKings. Promo code GRIND, G-R-I-N-D. Let's go on. You said the best shooting guard on the slate is on this card right here, so... Let me hear about it. I mean, it, it's no, no, uh, no secret here that Luka Doncic is an absolute stud and a guy that I want to be an, an anchor of my lineups. You know, and that's my issue with Donovan Mitchell is, yes, he put up that monster game, but I would rather lock Luka in. Sure, you can go with both of them. I think that's going to be a popular build here, but I love some of the value uh, at the shooting guard position. We, we, we didn't hit on Philly, but real quick, basically the two guys I like. You know, I, I don't love Embiid. I'll, I'll play him if he's going to be low owned, but I really like Josh Richardson, who I think is a great fit for this team, for this series. Uh, just kind of stuffs the stat sheet, uh, plays well against this team all season long. Didn't really shoot the ball well, but still put up numbers. And then our boy Alec Burks, I think, continues to be value just because they need his offense. Started out slow the other day, uh, but kind of filled the bill and picked it up there towards the end. So back to Luca. That's the point is there's value you can plug in with him at the shooting guard position to kind of eat away at some of that, that, that price point. But what a game. I mean, to, to come in and score over 40 points in your first playoff game, this guy had 11 turnovers. Let, let's take some of those away, and it's an easy 70-burger here. So, you know, you get Porzingis back, that'll help take some of the focus away. A 10-5 on Fandle, a lock and load for me for Luka. He's, he's probably a $10,000, $12,000 player, uh, if we're being honest. And even on DraftKings, just too cheap. 11K. Sign me up. Not a hot take, obviously. Luca's one of the best three, five players in the league, but uh, this is a guy I'm just going to lock in and figure the rest out. There's plenty of value on this slate. Yeah, this is another interesting game. Not a ton of names at their price points, but uh, that are maybe as appealing as like the Utah Denver guys who are kind of those mid range guys and, 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 you know, kind of situations. Uh, you know, there's, there's other players out that help their situation, but I'm willing to go back to Paul George. He played a really good basketball game the other day, but didn't really have a great fantasy game. The guy scored 27 real points, 10 for 22 from the floor. That's fine. We had two boards and only had three assists. So, you know, on average, this guy will have five or six rebounds and maybe four or five dimes. So I think he has one of the safest floors on the slate, you know, he he played a really great game. The I he had 17 DraftKings points in about four and a half minutes and ended with 38 and a half. Uh, yeah, it is a little disappointing if you don't own Kawhi down the stretch in these games because he's pretty much handling the ball every possession, weaving around that pick and roll. Uh, and Kawhi had a great game. Looked great. 10K on DK. 
I don't know. I kind of prefer Paul George at 86. So uh, I'm probably looking towards Paul George on Wednesday's slate. Yeah, and Fandley's even cheaper at 8100 So that, that's really wow. where the value lies on him as well. So uh, DraftKings, it's close enough where I, I might just step up and pay that Kawhi price. But uh, Fandle at 8100 you know, that, that's a great price on George. So uh, the rest of the Clippers here, I, I think there's decent value in Marcus Morris and not, not something I'd ever say. But uh, he continues to play low 30s minutes, kind of provides a, a bunch of different things, another score for this team. So – I really like him tonight. The one guy I worry about is Zubach. He played well in that first game. The numbers are going to look good. But it's only a matter of time before they work Montrezl Harrell back into this lineup and the guy playing the majority of the minutes at that center position. So uh, I just, I'm not buying on Zubach. So just be careful with that one. I don't want to play Harrell either because I don't think the minutes are going to be quite there yet. You could see these guys kind of split the minutes evenly. I think Harrell will play more minutes than we saw in game one. So just tread lightly uh, if you're looking at a value center uh, and you want to go with Zubac. So pretty much it for me in the Clippers. We, we know Kawhi is the guy. Uh, if you can make him work, okay. I prefer Tatum at, at a little bit cheaper price. George, great value. Morris, a really good value in my opinion. And Lou Williams is interesting if he fits. Not a guy I'm going to go out of my way to get, but a guy we know can get hot and put up points quickly. I'm with you on Lou Williams. I, I, I you never have to twist my arm to play Lou Williams. He's like my favorite guy to roster. But a lot of mouths to feed there, and I don't know what his role is kind of in the fourth quarter kind of thing. You know, one of the closers out there, but he doesn't really play off the ball. He's a guy who needs the ball in his hands to produce. So I, I'm a big Lou Williams fan in general. But, you know, Pat Beverly got 20 minutes and he had five fouls. So I think Pat Beverly might even be on the court more on Wednesday. So I'm a little worried about Lou. If he's the last guy in and I'm in GPPs, I wouldn't mind. You know, we, love, we know what his upside is. You know, he can score 45 drafting points, no doubt about it. Uh, but you know, I'm a little worried about Beverly cutting in there and Shamit was healthy and back. And then I got Reggie Jackson in the mix too. So a lot of mouths to feed there at the guard position. But Marcus Morris saw, what, 30-plus minutes? So, wow, uh, that was definitely intriguing to see. You know, a lot of minutes there for Marcus Morris. And a little worried about Zubac because I'm sure Montrez will just keep ramping up little by little. and eventually his limit will be off. It's not like he was hurt, you know? He was just out of game shape, out of the bubble. So a little worried about Zubak there myself. Yeah, agreed. Uh, and Morris has just been very consistent. You know, the minutes have been consistent in that low 30s, like I mentioned. Uh, 37 was a ceiling game last game. But, you know, even some of the, the games leading up to the playoffs, 28, 28, 28, 25, had a dud in there at 18. But at 4,800, I mean, he's, he's crushing it at, the, at those numbers. So if he gives you anything close to 37 again, you know, we're talking 6, 7, 8x upside. Those are the guys I'm seeking out to on these four-game slates. And it's another guy. You know, Adam to, to Joe Harris and uh, TLC and some of these other names. Serge Ibaka, that boring. You know, you hear the name, you're like, ah, I'm not excited to click that button. But uh, I'm going to be going right back to Marcus Morris here. I, you know, 37 DraftKings points was probably an aberration. But that 30 minutes was not. Even with Harrell coming back, still played some big minutes. And if he can give me 25, I'm good with it under 5K. Should be a fun day. Beer, anything before we get to our GPP food of the day here? One more guy on the Dallas side. And Porzingis was interesting. Let's not forget him. He was on the way to a 50-burger before he got tossed. So uh, you can go back there. I I prefer Tatum, some of these other guys. But Mm -hmm. uh, if he's going to be low-owned, don't forget him. And mm-hmm. Seth Curry Seth played, Curry. played, played big minutes here for Dallas. And it's a guy they kind of count on for some offense. So uh, under 4k on DraftKings, just a tick yep. over 4k 
on FanDuel. One more value play. So, given a lot of value plays here, it should make it very easy to fit Luca and Tatum and some of these other guys. So, and Mitchell, you you want to go there? Go there. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull the fade here on Mitchell. Seth Curry, a guy who averaged 12 real points per game during the regular season, 3600 on DK. Doesn't take much. Doesn't take much. Got to have hit a couple shots. That's it. 33 minutes. That's the most minutes he's played since the beginning of March. That, yeah. So Seth Curry, definitely good value call there, Beer. I like it. I like it. All right, Beer. GPP food of the day. Um, well, let's talk about tacos. You taco? Uh-huh. What, what, what's your go-to, man? Go-to meat? What are you loaded up with? How do you eat it, man? Uh, so we eat tacos. We're pretty much the kids love tacos. I, I have three young daughters at home, and, and they pretty much a Taco Tuesday is a staple. So – you know, we'll, we'll mix it up. Usually it's just the, the plain beef. I'll, I'll mix some chicken in. I made some steak uh, street tacos last week. Those were good. So uh, the standard meats are, are fine. But I'm telling you what, buddy, a, a chorizo street taco, and there's a place near me uh, that makes a fantastic platter of these tacos. Unbelievable. And chorizo, an underrated taco meat, in my opinion. You don't see it at a ton of places, but the good places, the places you can count on for good Mexican We'll have chorizo. So if you've never tried it, that's that's the go-to right there. Some chorizo street tacos. Oh, uh, buddy, you you know what you're doing. I had a chorizo breakfast burrito oh, the other yeah. day. I know we have a couple listeners from like the Maryland area. I went to Barn Thirty Four in Ocean City, Maryland. Breakfast burrito, some chorizo in there. Oh man, uh, ate some tums on my way out, but man, it was <laughs> it was worth it. But yeah, I'm with you, man. I like the chicken. If I'm making tacos at home, uh, get some chicken. Uh, get some uh, some ranch. Um, like the powder, like the, the seasoning and mix that thing up, you know, add a little ranch dressing in there, chicken ranch tacos, man. That's one of my go-tos, but if we're going out somewhere. I like a good brisket, a good brisket taco, oh, you know, yeah. load it up, get some hot sauce. You really can't go wrong with tacos. No, That's the beauty can't. of it. You know, give me a, give me a shell, give me a meat, give me a bunch of toppings. Gotta have the hot sauce. Yes. Uh, I'm a big hot sauce guy, but yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to mess up tacos. And there are places that mess up tacos and there's some that just, just do it phenomenally. So uh, I love tacos. You know, the, the chips, the salsa. I mean, what, what's – how do you hate a Mexican? That, that's my – there's some people that don't like Mexican. You can't. I, I, don't, I don't know that I can be friends with those people. That's just not right. I don't trust them. No, I no. don't trust them. Nope. Nope. Oh, tacos. If you're a bad cook, they're easy to make too. So it's kind of a win-win for everyone, you know? Put it in the pan, mix it up. You're good. You're good. Done. Easy meal. I mean, you're talking, you can whip up some tacos in, in 10, 15 minutes, and everybody's happy. Tomorrow's going to be Taco Wednesday at the Carlucci household during these games. And uh, put that 630 Eastern Boston Philly game. It's Taco Wednesday, baby. Right here. At I got one more. I, I, got, I got a brag on a, a family recipe here that goes way back, and, and it's pretty simplistic, but we, we call it fried tacos. And if you've oh. never tried this, Think a, think a chalupa. Type. That, that's the basis of the, the taco. But you basically take soft shells. You, know, you fill them with your meat. You have all that ready. You get a little little vegetable oil heating up in a side pan. And you don't want to heat it too high because you'll start burning stuff. It's not hot enough. It's not going to cook right. But you fill that flour, corn, tortilla, whatever you want. You, you stick it in that oil about 30 seconds on each side. Buddy, I'm telling you, it ain't the healthiest meal in the world, and, and that may be why I look the way I do look, and, and I'm a bigger guy here. But fried tacos, j- try it. You know, if you go out, hit me up on Twitter at Beer Makers Fan. I, I want people to try this and tell me it's not a game changer. So 
Same for you, Justin. I, I want you to give I, it a whirl, even if you fry up a couple. Now, this will stink up your house for about two, three days. It's going to smell like oil, but well worth it, my friend. It's one of those meals. People come into town. They demand my fried tacos. So give it a whirl. Let me know how it goes. Will do. Hey, open up the windows, man. No, no that's it. We air the house out. I, out. I don't mind the house smelling like a nice taco stand for a few days. I'll sacrifice quite a bit to eat something good. That's for sure. Fried tacos. All right. Check it out. At Beer Makers fan, Chris Prince. Thanks for joining me, buddy. I appreciate it. You got it, man. Good luck to everybody on this slate. Hope you enjoyed the show, and uh, we'll see you next time. For Chris Prince, at Beer Makers fans on Twitter, look me up. I'm at the J Carlucci. Everybody at Rodo Grinders, check out our premium tools. Good luck and have a great day.